Hey, I'm Pastor Joel, and I just want to say thank you for downloading or streaming this message today. My prayer for you is that you're blessed by the content that you hear. As a church, our desire is to make disciples of Jesus, and we do that by helping people to trust and follow Him in every aspect of their daily life. So if this is something that blesses you, we just hope that you'll feel free to share this with others so that they might be encouraged and challenged by it as well. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Let's celebrate God's truth together. We have a great opportunity every day to celebrate God's truth, not just when we're here together, but every day to get into the Word of God, to hear from Him, to listen to His voice, to see what He says to us, and to read this fabulous love letter that He's given to us. And so we are continuing in a series called Blind Spots. If you've not been with us for the last few weeks, I'll catch you up in just a minute. But for now, if you will, read this passage with me. Luke chapter 12, starting verse 22, it says this, Then Jesus said to His disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For your life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so we're in this teaching about uh, blind spots. We've been looking at these things. And so the first question this morning is just simply this. Can I see the hands of any worriers in the room that you would join me and say, hey, I'm a worrier. I have that problem. Thank you for being honest. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, it's not that you don't worry. You were just worried that we would judge you if you raised your hands. <laughs> in church. And so, um, yeah, you know, I am just one of those people that I have a high propensity to act in anxiety and worry. Uh, I do. God has been working in my life for years to bring about help where it comes to the aspect of worry, because I, I just get bogged down in that. I worry about all kinds of things. Uh, I worry about as a public speaker, as a pastor, what people think about what I say often. Uh, it's going, do they like that? Was that good? Did they get anything out of that? Was it, you know, I just, I worry about some of those things. Uh, how, how, do, how is my message received and responded to and all those types of things. I worry sometimes about what I write on Facebook or Twitter. You ever typed out something and then going, no, nah, if I put that out there, it's going to cause a firestorm. I'm going to delete that. I do that all the time. Some of you may should delete some of yours uh, more often, but that's between you and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to let you go with that one. Um, when I was a young dad uh, with little, little kids and Josiah, especially when we had our first child, I was worried that my kids were going to go to sleep and not wake up. That was a worry. And that's a legitimate concern, right? Like that one happens. And so I'm not trying to make light of that on any stretch of the imagination. We had friends within the last year who that happened in their family. Their child was lost. But I worried about that as a dad. 
I can remember one time when Heather, uh, I was home with Josiah by myself. She was going to work that day. We had Friday with daddy days. That was my day off. And so I stayed home with the baby and she went to work and, and he took a longer than normal nap. Parents ever remember that? Do you remember the first time your kids slept through the night and you woke up and thought, oh my gosh, what happened? Right? So my child had taken this longer than normal nap and it was freaking me out. It's like I was sitting on the couch just worried about how long is he going to sleep? How long is he awake in there? Is he alive in there? What's going on? And so finally I went and checked on him and I walked into the room. I swear to you, it did not look like he was breathing. I had just worked myself up to this mode and I put my hand on his chest and went, Josiah, and he flinched and I jumped and hit the ceiling fan. <laughs> And it scared me to death. And he was crying now. And it was like, oh, thank God you're alive, right? Uh, and in this moment, I was just like, I'm so happy you're breathing. That's good. So either I performed a miracle and brought him back because he had not been breathing and I woke him into that reality, or he was fine the whole time and I should have just not worried, right? Uh, and, and so I get into these modes. You know, tomorrow school is starting back. Anybody worried about the start of a new school year? Yeah, I've got a sixth grader tomorrow, Robinson, for the first time. I'm like, oh my gosh, middle school, this is a whole new ballpark, whole new world. Uh, what are we going to do with that? Uh, hey, you know what I've been worrying about for the last three weeks of this teaching series called Blind Spots? Running into somebody, becoming a sermon illustration. I've been worried about changing lanes and there being somebody in my blind spot that I'm just going to plow right into. I'm like, I have to come in here on a Sunday morning and tell you guys, you'll never believe what happened this week. I have been the safest driver in Kingsport for the last three or four weeks, guys. <laughs> like I'm checking blind spots to my left and right and behind me and signaling for 30 seconds before I change lanes. I am really doing a great job in the safety area in driving, okay? But I worry about this kind of stuff, right? And a lot of us do these kinds of things. And it's comical to laugh at some of that stuff because it's like, why would you worry about that? And yet we find ourselves in that position all the time. In Luke chapter 12, and even back in Luke chapter 11, we've been watching Jesus interact with his crowd, uh, with this crowd of people and his disciples as he's been giving them warnings about things that I call blind spots. If you're taking notes this morning, you want to write some things down. Here's the first thing. Blind spots are those things just outside our awareness or just outside our field of view that can be very dangerous to us. And that's true physically, we have blind spots, but Jesus is talking about spiritual blind spots. As he talks to this crowd and as he talks to his disciples, he's been warning us about things that can come into our lives spiritually that just can affect us and be damaging to us and destructive to us if we're not careful, if we don't look for them, if we're not aware of them being out there. The first thing he talked to us about was hypocrisy. When you say you believe one thing and you do this whole religious act over here, but privately you're completely different. You're hypocritical. Your beliefs and your statements and your life don't match up. There's hypocrisy in that. Then we talked about greed. And greed has this idea of just needing more and more and more. And I want, I want, I want. And I'm not satisfied with what I have. And greed becomes this blind spot that says you take your eyes off of loving and serving and helping other people and being generous toward other people and being generous toward God in order to be solely focused on you, right? And so Jesus last week talked to us about greed. Today, the blind spot we're going to look at, if you haven't already figured it out, uh, is worry. We're going to be talking about worry. Jesus warns us about this blind spot. And we have to remember, although we've been breaking this teaching up into four different weeks, this is one long conversation that's connected in Scripture. Jesus told a story that we looked at last week about a man who had been given an abundant blessing, a huge crop, 
And his decision was, you know what? I've got all of this stuff now. What am I going to do? I'll tear down my old barns. I'll build bigger ones so I can keep everything for myself. And that was the idea of greed. But Jesus is going to continue that conversation into this message today. And he's going to say the root behind this man's greed was worry. He was so worried that he might not be taken care of, that he might not have enough, that he might not get everything that he needed, that he became greedy for what he had. And so Jesus starts this conversation with his disciples, picking up on last week's story and into today. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, based on what I just told you, I tell you now, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you'll wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. And so worry is a dangerous blind spot to have in our faith journey because it comes so normal to us. It becomes normal to us. Like that we just get used to worrying. And if you're like me, I just get used to worrying. So that just seems like the natural thing to do when something happens. A situation pops up, a problem arises, my kids do something, there's a problem in my marriage, what do I do? I'm going to worry. And the natural thing just becomes worry, worry about it. And we forget that there's a God who loves us, who acts as our Father, who would have us bring those things to Him and give them to Him so that we don't have to worry. And so this blind spot is dangerous. When Jesus addresses the blind spot, he calls our attention to two different things. Did you notice what they were? He says, I want you to consider the ravens in the air, and I want you to consider the wildflowers in the field. And so Jesus says, listen, if you guys are worried about stuff, I want to draw your attention to two things that can't do anything for themselves, really. Notice and pay attention to the ravens. They don't have storehouses. They don't have crops. They don't do anything to gather up and store for themselves. And yet God takes care of them every day. They're fed. They're taken care of. And then he says, and then I want you to consider the wildflowers of the field and how beautiful they are, dressed in splendor greater than Solomon's. When we lived in Texas several years ago, there was a thing every spring that the wildflowers would come up. The state flower of Texas is the blue bonnet. And every spring, people would flock out to fields to just sit in blue bonnets and take pictures of their families. And it was an annual thing. You had to every year. If you were in Texas, you had to take pictures with blue bonnets. It was required. <laughs> and so all these people would just rush out, and these fields would just be covered in these blue flowers. They were gorgeous. But they were just wildflowers. Nobody planted them there. Nobody intended for them to be there. In my home, when we want flowers, we plant specific flowers. I want irises. I want roses. I'm going to plant these things. But wildflowers just pop up naturally. They're by nature wild. And yet Jesus says, I want you to consider these wildflowers and how beautiful they are. They're more beautiful than Solomon in all of his splendor. Solomon was the greatest king in the greatest time of Israel's prosperity. He had more than anybody else in the world could ever have imagined. And yet Jesus says, when you look at the flowers of the field, 
they're clothed more than Solomon in splendor. And if that's the case, if God takes care of the ravens and if God takes care of the flowers, how much more is he going to take care of you? Because he loves you. And because you're more valuable than ravens and because you're more valuable than wildflowers. And so as Jesus is talking about these things, he's really addressing our basic needs. He says, we need to learn to trust God for these things. The, the ravens are fed. The wildflowers are clothed in splendor and glory. And he goes, I want you to know that God is going to take care of your basic needs. When we think about our need for shelter, for food, for clothing, for warmth, for relationships, all of these basic needs we have, Jesus says to us, I want you to know your father understands those needs and he wants to provide them for you. So don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Jesus wants to expose this blind spot in our lives for a couple of reasons. Again, if you're taking notes, here are the two things. Worry has physical consequences. This isn't just a spiritual problem. If you've ever noticed what worry does in your life, ulcers are a potential problem. Stomach digestive issues. I Googled some things this week because I don't have a doctorate degree. So here's what worry does physically to us. It causes insomnia digestive issues, memory problems, skin and hair damage, fertility issues, heart and cholesterol problems, migraine headaches, neck and shoulder stress. Can I just be 100% honest with you this week that I had three days where I had a migraine and I had tension in my shoulders and my neck and my back. Giant knot just popped up in my back this week. I was going, why? God, why? What am I dealing with here? And as the more I looked at it, the more I studied through this passage all this week, and the more I prayed, the more God just kept going, you are worrying. (laughs) I had so many things on my plate that I've been worrying about all week long. And when I finally just laid those things down and went, okay, God, I'm done with the worry stuff. I just want to put this at your feet. Guess what happened? Headache went away. Stress went away. Hit the lazy river last night at the Y. That was pretty cool. Just relaxed. The back pain went away. But a lot of it just comes from these ideas that there are physical consequences that come when we carry worry and burdens and stress. But there's also spiritual consequences. Worry has spiritual consequences. Uh, Two weeks ago, we meet every Tuesday night with a sermon planning, planning team, prep team, and, and we just talk about these passages that I'm going to be preaching on. And, and a group of us just sit around and, and we just share ideas. What do you see here? What's God saying to you through this passage? What do you notice? What other things might support this passage? What are great illustrations from your life? And we just talk about what sermons are coming up. So two weeks ago, we were talking about this particular passage. And, uh, and I asked the question, what are things that worry steals from us? And as a group, we just started listing some things. Well, worry takes this, and worry steals this, and worry does this. And after we had listed a whole lot of things, somebody went, you know what? Every one of those things fits in the category of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And we started looking at all those and went, you know what? Worry attacks every work of the Spirit of God in our lives. It really does. It's hard to have joy when you're worried. It's hard to have peace when you're worried. It's hard to act in faithfulness when you're worried. It's hard to do any of those things that the Spirit of God wants to work in your life when we worry. And so these physical and spiritual consequences come, and we find that this is next. Worry is the enemy of our spiritual growth. Worry is the enemy 
of the work of the Spirit of God in our lives, the thing that God wants to produce in your life, the thing that the Spirit wants to bring out into your life and produce in you, worry robs us from developing those things. Worry steals that from us. So I want you to look at the question that Jesus asks in verse 25. He says, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Isn't that a great question? How many of you have ever, at the end of a journey through something that you were worried about, got to the end of it and went, I am so glad I spent time worrying about that? <laughs> Probably none of us, right? Because it never brings about positive results. It never helps. It just adds to the burden of what we're carrying. And so Jesus goes, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? If that can't happen, then why do you worry about all these things? Matt Chandler had a quote one time in one of his books. He said, worrying is like trying to travel in a rocking chair. Just go back and forth. A lot of action, no movement. There's a lot of action that's going on in your life. No progress. That's what worry does to us. There was another quote that I read recently on Twitter. Joyce Meyer was attributed this. I don't know if it was from her originally or not, but uh, said this, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. When we worry, it's putting a down payment on a problem that we're going, that may happen and it may not happen. I'm going to worry about it as if it's going to happen. You're like, why? Why would you do that? Why do we spend time worrying about these things? When we look at the Greek word for this, do you know what the Greek word for worry means? It means to be divided. When you look back at the Greek and you go, what is worry really? It's to be divided. Worry always divides us. It pulls us away from God. It pulls us away from those things that we should be doing and causes us to focus our time and attention toward the things that are worrisome to us. And it causes us to look into things and, and be divided, pulled away from God. So here's the question for us to think about this morning. What are you worrying about right now? What is it in your life that you just are worried about right now? You came into this room knowing there was something going on in your life, marriage, kids, school, job, whatever it may be, that there's something that's causing you to just worry. What is that? And this morning, what are you going to do with that? What's gripped your life in such a way that it's divided your allegiance to God and caused you to believe that you have to make a way out for yourself? That's what worry does. It says, you've got to figure this out. You have to make a way out. When we worry, we say, I'll handle this. We take our eyes off of God. God wants us to put our trust in him. Physically, worry causes all the problems that I listed earlier, but spiritually, the biggest thing worry does is pull our focus off the power and the goodness of God. So when we worry, we convince ourselves, I have to handle this problem. So let's look at verses 29 through 31 and see what Jesus says as a sort of remedy to this. He says, do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all these things. And your father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus is pretty blunt with us and he's not afraid to step on our toes and talk about these things. He tells us not to worry about the basic needs of life, the things that we need that God will take care of us. He goes, listen, the pagan world runs after all that stuff. People who don't believe in God, they chase those things. They worry about those things. You're not supposed to do that as a child of God. Now, in saying all of that, I want you to understand what Jesus really is telling us. And he says it in verse 30. The Father knows that you need these things, right? 
So I want you just to take this deep breath in for a second. And I want you to hear this and absorb it. Your father, who created everything, who has more power, more grace, more love, more of everything you need than you can possibly imagine, your father knows what you need. And he can take care of you. He can meet your needs. So when we think about this, we need to understand that worry needs to be placed at the feet of Jesus. Now, it would be unthinkable of me to stand up here and just go, guys, just stop worrying. I've already told you, I'm preaching to me today. I am a worrier. So this is one of the things that we can't just go, look, Hakuna Matata. We watched The Lion King yesterday, and that song just came right back out again. And it's like, hey, th no worries. That's not at all what I mean. Worry is a natural emotion of human life. It's a natural thing that we go through. When something comes up and a problem presents itself, it's natural to feel a tug and a tendency toward worrying. Here's what Jesus gives us, though. He gives us permission not to surrender to worry. He goes, yes, you're going to feel the tug of the emotion of worry. You're going to go through something that's going to cause you to worry, to become just entangled internally to stress and to strain over these things. But he goes, you do not have to surrender to that feeling and that emotion and that pull. You can take what you're experiencing and when worry hits you, you can come and lay it at the feet of Jesus. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to bring the things that we're struggling with to him and give them up. So how do we overcome worry? Here's the last thing I want us to hit. We expose the blind spot of worry by having an eternal perspective and by striving for eternal things. In Matthew's gospel, he covers this exact same passage, but Matthew's perspective tells the story or relays another component of the story a little bit differently. Matthew says this in verses 25 through 33, the last part here, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. So how do we expose the blind spot of worry? We get eternal perspective and we work toward eternal things. When we take our attention off of this life being all that there is, we worry less because we gain a perspective that says, I'm living for heaven. I'm living for eternity. I'm living for eternal things. The things that I struggle over in this world, the things that I worry about in this world, they're going to fade away. So seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. And because God, your father, knows what you need, all these things these needs in your life will be added to you as well. But keep the priority, keep the focus, the kingdom of God, the eternal nature of things. So here's, I want to give you one last thing because when we worry, some of us can't imagine what a life of worry or a life without worry would look like. So let me close this morning by giving you a passage from Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah this in order to give him a visual of life tied into God resulting in peace rather than worry. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses seven and eight says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes and its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. So when we identify the blind spot of worry in our lives, we need to ask God to help us to detach from the things that cause worry in us 
and to put our roots deeper down into him. So this is where I want to be soaking up nourishment is from you. I was flipping through the TV last night and Planet Earth on the Discovery Channel came on and I have to watch every time it comes on. And it was about Africa last night and I'm sitting there watching this stuff about Planet Earth, Africa, and there's this cool uh, place in Namibia which is also cool because we have a missionary couple from our church or associated with our church that we support financially that's uh, working to get to Namibia, Africa. That's where they're going to be doing their mission work. Uh, and so I'm watching this place, and, and there, are, um, there are desert giraffes in Namibia, Africa. It's the only place in the world where giraffes live out in the desert. And here's why. There are trees in this one section of, of Namibia that... It's dry, it's barren, it's a desert, but these trees grow up tall and they have leaves hanging off of them. The root system of these trees go 30 meters down into the ground where they draw up nourishment of water from deep in the earth. And because of that, they stay vibrant, they stay alive, and these giraffes can come and reach up high and grab the leaves off of these trees and pull them in and they get their nourishment and their water through that. So for us, when we say, man, what does it look like to live a life without worry? If you plant your roots deep in Jesus, if you'll let yourself get so deeply rooted in him that when storms come, you're not worried about falling over, that when droughts come in life, you're not worried about withering up, shriveling away. Jeremiah tells us, its leaves are always green. When the heat comes, it doesn't, doesn't worry. It has no worries in a year of drought. It always bears fruit. This can be what our lives look like as well. That aspect of bearing fruit and tying that back into the fruits of the Spirit, of going, when we worry, what gets stripped away from us? The fruit of the Spirit. When we live a life with our roots deep in Jesus, what grows in us? The fruit of the Spirit. If you want to be effective, if you want to be productive, growing fruit in your life, learn to surrender the things you're worried about to Jesus. Your Father loves you. He knows your needs, and he wants to take care of you. So here's what I ask us to do this morning as we close. We're just going to take a minute, and we're going to pray. Martin Luther once said, you pray and let God worry. Typically, when we worry, we cease praying because we're worried. I've got to figure it out. I've got to do for me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. And we forget this is something I need to give to God. So what we need to do this morning, and like the song that we sang earlier, if we're going to pray, let's stop worrying. And so I want us to do just that. And here's how I would encourage you, a couple of things that you can do. With the things that you came into this room about this morning worried about, as we pray, I want you to know that the stage here can become an altar for you, that you could just come and lay some things down at the feet of Jesus and just say, I don't want to carry this around anymore. I'm tired of worrying about this. I want to give this to you. You could do the same thing where you're seated, to make where you are a place to kneel or to sit there. But I would encourage you to take an action step to move toward a place where you can just be honest with God about what you're worried about and give that back to him. So if you would, just let me lead us in a time of prayer. And would you just begin by confessing to God those things or that thing that you're worried about right now? And as you confess that to God, would you ask him to empower you 
to give those things over to him. To stop worrying and to more fully trust him to take care of you and to meet your needs. Would you say a prayer of thanksgiving that you have a good father who loves you, who knows what you need, and who's able to meet your needs? Now here's the last thing I'm going to ask you to do. Would you take your hands and just put them out in front of you? as if that thing you're carrying this morning is right there in your hands that you've been worried about. And as a symbolic gesture, would you just put it down? And as you walk out of here, ask God to help you not to pick it back up because he knows your needs. He's powerful enough to meet your needs. And he loves you so much that he wants to take care of you. Thanks so much for checking out our message today. We hope you are challenged and blessed by it. We want to invite you to come and worship with us in person if you live in the Tri-Cities area. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at One Fellowship Point in Kingsport, Tennessee. You can also get more information about us from our website or our mobile app. Have a great day.